welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. All right, everyone, welcome to the halfway through episode for the fall 2023 season. This is week five, and I am joined today by none other than our very own Jordan Marotti. What's going on, guys? Good afternoon, Jordan. How do you do? I'm doing well. It's great to be back on the podcast. It's been a minute now. It has. It's been a little longer than a minute. Oh, sorry. Is oh, that young slang too much right. for you, oh, Doug? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, <laughs> so the, everybody's going to be um, criticizing us for being too mid. <laughs> Am I right, kids? I don't think I don't think Gen Z says that's minute all anymore. Say I think that's because I'm a millennial. So have <laughs> I? I've, uh, okay. <laughs> now, just so you know, there's a little bit of a bonus at the end of this episode. So Jordan and I were sound checking and uh, getting the vo- the levels right, and I had the hiccups. I don't think I still have them. I think they've gone away. But uh, it was a pretty hope. funny sound check. So if you listen to after the outro. That will be clipped on to the end. I kind of yeah. hope you still have the hiccups. <laughs> well, usually laughing was doing it, and I just like. It's true. You didn't. You made it through. Laugh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, anything can happen here. This is the Emergence Leadership Podcast. Like, I can forget to mute my uh, my my computer, for example. Okay. Um, so, so this week, uh, we've got a couple. Uh, the announcements are uh, basically what they've been. So you've got the family dedication coming up on November 9th, as well as November 12th. That's a Thursday and a Sunday. So make sure folks sign up on the digital bulletin for that. I uh, had a question this week. Someone asked if we needed to be a member for that. You do not need to be a member to dedicate your child here. Um also, uh, if you want to help out at Servant's Heart um, by providing meals, there's the info for that. And, uh, of course, also helping out with Patterson School Number 2. But in addition to what we've been announcing, don't forget to tell everybody about Boxes of Love. So uh, 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 the, the time is uh, running down on those. So if you got it, just make sure everybody knows that this Sunday, November 5th, is the deadline to have those babies in. Anything to add, Jordan? Put you on the spot like that? No, no. Okay. And you guys are doing awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're doing you're doing a great job. I was I was gonna say you jumped right into it, but I was gonna say that notification was a reminder to mute your laptop. That's right. Yeah. A notification to me. Yeah. Probably not to the people like, listening it was on their like, laptops. Hey, Doug, mute your laptop. It always <laughs> starts right when you start recording the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that might be the case. <laughs> so. All right. Very sweet. Nice. Uh, so we are, um, uh, you know, this is the fifth week of our series on on giving, uh, on f- putting Jesus first, particularly in the context of uh, generosity and giving. And um, so we've got one more week here. And then after this, I think I've probably noted, but we're going to be in the prodigal son. And we're going to do a few weeks on that, three weeks. Yep. I think one from the perspective of the son, one from the father, and one from the brother, right? And then I think we'll, I, I believe we'll, our last week of community group will probably be on the first week of Advent. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. That's the plan. So for those of you who are wondering and asking about that first full week in December, that's our last, uh, our last week of community groups. Yeah, it'll be at least the first week of our Christmas series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, a little overlap there, but uh, little overlap never hurt anyone, right? <laughs> um, okay, so the, uh, the 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 summary in the booklet this week 
um, uh, for this uh, message is that uh, this is uh, talking all about um, how our goal in life is not to collect a bunch of seeds, but to scatter them in hopes of a harvest, which I think makes a lot of sense, right? Um, and the text for this week is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. And I have to say, Jordan, I was very proud of myself for the icebreaker I came up with this week. I think it'll be very nice to discuss. Who is someone in your community group whom you are exceptionally thankful for and why? So uh, so maybe think of that ahead of time and get the, the ice broken on that icebreaker. Okay. Um, I can think of a number of people I'm very thankful for in my community group. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. Um, uh, so uh, let's talk first a little bit about these three questions, or no, four questions that we have in the in the booklet this mm-hmm. week. Okay. So um, let's see. I'm just thinking, should we read the whole passage right now, or should we read it little by little as we go through? What do you think? Uh, what have we been doing while we've been talking through the book? I read a little by little as we go through. Let's keep doing that then. All right, we'll keep doing that. Okay, so keeping in mind this idea, right, uh, having seeds and uh, the need to be sowing them rather than just hoarding them, do we trust that God is the one who provides the seed in our lives? And here you know, talking about financial giving. So this seed would be money. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we trust that he's the one who provides? These are uh, wonderfully and intentionally, right? But these are wonderfully uh, individual questions, right? It really is one spouse could even differ from their spouse on this kind of thing. This Mm -hmm. is a very personal answer. Um, I find in my own life, I find it really helpful not to ask like, God, do I trust that you're my provider? And rather uh, ask like, God, do I think this is providing for me instead? Like, oh, do I think that this uh, skill skill set that I have is is providing for me, or do I think that this job I have is providing for me? Mm-hmm. Um, that feels to that seems to be a lot more revelatory in my own heart yeah. um, than the maybe could be uh, like could err on the vague side. Just like God, do you provide for me? It's like, well, yeah, I do. I trust that. It's like, okay, but really, what are you really putting your trust in? Like, do you tr- do you put your trust in the fact that you have a job tomorrow? Like, is that what's providing for you, or mm. is it? that God's going to provide for you no matter what, you know? Yeah. Like, am I being provided for by Mm -hmm. uh, my father in heaven who loves me or by uh, the fact that I've made responsible decisions and things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think also by looking at our patterns of giving, we can really discern that as well. You Mm -hmm. know, am I, am I generous or am am I always leaving myself, uh, so like sometimes you give, uh, so as not to give your, give yourself a way out, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's no, there's no, uh, like beyond what I've kind of planned for, um, you know, those kinds of uh, extra generous acts can really uh, put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciated in um, Stephanie and Craig's testimony video this week, um, mm-hmm. Stephanie pointing out just how encouraged she was by uh, Craig's generosity. Because we really can encourage each other by showing that like, hey, when you give, like God's faithful, like he's he's going to take care of you. Yeah. Um, and a bit, and that yeah. kind of dovetails a lot with this week's message, right? Where there's a lot of thanksgiving going on for mm-hmm. other people's generosity. Yeah, exactly. So, like, what our generosity does for other people's walk with, with the Lord? Like, there's very much like a multiplication of returns that mm-hmm. we uh, that we can see here. Yeah. All right. So the second question now in the booklet: Are you more tempted to be a hoarder of what God has entrusted to you? or to waste what God has given to you? Like, which one is, is more tempting to you, to hoard or to waste? I am tempted to waste it on 
excess food for myself. Nice. Anything in particular? Uh, yeah, a whole lot of things in particular. <laughs> I do not need to buy lunch when I bring lunch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm double-minded in this way, right? Like I, I, I will tend to hoard and be like, what if I, you know, what if I, what if I need this, you know, saving for a rainy day. But then also I am prone sometimes to make spontaneous, irresponsible decisions. Uh, so <laughs> does it have to be an either or? Um, <laughs> yeah. Then I mean, possibly, I don't know. Like I, I feel like um, with many sin issues, it's almost like there's more than one me, you know, there's a me that like hates that stuff. And then there's a me that like loves that stuff and craves that stuff. Like whatever it is, you know, sin issues I struggle with. Mm. And it's almost like, I'm afraid which one is going to show up in certain moments, mm. you know? And actually like I, I'm actually um, really resonating right now with the book of James. Cause I'm doing that recording that in my Bible podcast. Mm. And a lot of James is like to not be double minded and to be consistent. Mm. And so, you know, uh, fighting and warring against that is, is a big. Yeah. I mean, it sounded thing. like you were quoting Romans. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't do what I want and what I, oh, what yeah. I do, mm-hmm. I hate. Mm-hmm. And I prove that that's the spirit that it's sin living within me that does it because I hate it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all, we all relate very much to that passage. I think any of us with eyes open Mm -hmm. truthfully. Yeah. 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 Uh, Do our finances reflect that our goal is a harvest of souls who are being saved or do they reflect a different goal? Hmm. Yeah. Again, very introspective Mm -hmm. um, thing that I think that takes a lot of soul searching um, I think like, you know, what I give to what I spend my money on, uh, is it for the furtherance of the gospel mm-hmm. or, you know, um, and I think, uh, I just keep going back to something that Steve shared on that first night that we, uh, that we gathered together. I forget what we called it. It was vision on a, night. vision night. Yeah. yeah. Um, that like we're here because other people sowed seeds mm-hmm. of gener- generously sowed seeds in the past. Mm-hmm. And like, so a lot of what I praise God for is the way that particular churches have poured into me and been able to do what they mm-hmm. do. And, and that was only there, like those buildings that I met in as a kid and as mm-hmm. a young adult, like those were there because somebody sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that's a very helpful way to think about think about giving and pitching in. Yeah. I, I think I like to think of it personally as like in, in an integrity scenario, like I, I want to be, I want to be full of integrity before God. I want to be open and transparent to him. And I find it like the question that I, I wrestle through in my discipleship when it comes to this is less so like, am I giving toward a harvest of souls? And more so like, is what I'm doing with my time, with my talent, with my treasure, um, with my space, right? Is what I'm doing, uh, cultivating life, not just for me, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, it's like, how, how are the ways in which you are loving and blessing the people around you? Mm. And so it takes a lot of like, Hey, widen your perspective to recognize like you're blessing people down the road who you don't even know mm. when you, when you contribute in ways like that to like, I'm, I think about like, like you just said, like church churches that you met in growing up, like mm-hmm. you had experiences in, um, child Doug people probably may have had no idea that he would uh, come to know and love Jesus in the way that he has but he was exposed to those 
truths because people were faithful in that area. And that's that's cool to think about. Yeah, that that makes me think about like like other ways that we do that also. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my family went over uh, another family's uh, uh, invited us, invited us over for dinner on Saturday night, right? And it was just like such a blessing for us to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And like I know sometimes like when I think of like having someone over, right? Like you clean the house, you make the food and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like all like what I'll get out of it. But like just being reminded, like what a blessing it is for the family who gets invited, mm-hmm. you know, that like uh, so like, do I want to do do I want to do this? You know, uh, the, usually like the first thing I ask is like, how's it going to be for me? Mm-hmm. But really, like uh, it's a tremendous weight. It's you know, does it give life to other people mm-hmm. is a reason in itself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> OK, finally, the last question here in the booklet how can we, I think that's the last question, right? Yeah, just flip the page here. Yeah. I got the digital version here. That's why you can't hear pages flipping. Hear that? I'm flipping through pages right now. Oh, Jordan's Jordan's, Jordan's deceiving you right now. Those are the, <laughs> okay. How, how can we be faithful? It would be funny if that didn't make any noise into the microphone. <laughs> Do it clearly. There you go. All right. Nice, nice. <laughs> Sound effects. Now, uh, now, a Foley artist. That's right. We're we're upping the ante on, on this podcast. <laughs> How can we be faithful in generosity, trusting God will reward it and provide for us, while not falling into a trap of a false prosperity gospel? Well, I think giving with no expectation of God um, giving us more back. <laughs> yeah, like I- sometimes that happens, but it's a byproduct that God can or cannot choose to do you yeah. know I think that the what the prosperity gospel mindset lacks the, which is like it's it's linchpin right the, the crucial like Achilles heel to the prosperity gospel mindset is that there's no uh, prospect of eternity mm-hmm. right like how do I like to answer that question like how do I keep myself from expecting expecting that God's going to make good on what I give him, like, because I'm one of his good investors kind of deal. Like, how do I avoid that? Well, to remember that he's giving me everything, but he Mm -hmm. has not promised to give it to me now. Yeah. He's promised that I am one with his son who will inherit all creation. Yeah. When that happens. Yeah. And that's like, I'm not planning to inherit all creation in the next couple days. (laughs) Probably. It's not on the daytime. (laughs) Not on my, it's not on my calendar, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think like the uh, prosperity gospel stuff like um is like you really could see how dastardly it is uh by um realizing that like under that paradigm, under that way of thinking about spirituality, you you love you are still loving what you would love even if you didn't know God at all. You know, like yeah. like um, is your faith actually changing anything? Yeah, is it, your faith hasn't really changed you because your affections still belong to what you have in your bank account or what kind of car you drive or whatever. You yeah, know, things really, I would care about even if I didn't know the Lord. Yeah, it really highlights that um, it's it's using God as a means mm-hmm. rather than recognizing and acknowledging that He is the end. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Um, all right, so on that note, let's now hop into the supplemental study guide here. Um, and we're going to start reading through the text. So we're going to begin in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Jordan's got it queued up in nice large print on his iPad, so we don't want to 
waste this opportunity. (laughs) Why don't you go for it? Just verse six and seven. Here we go. Just verse six and seven. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Nice. Uh, Jordan reading out of the ESV here. No no fancy translation no, this week? No, I mean, maybe next one. Okay. Who knows? All right. All right. We'll skip around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to ease my way back onto the podcast. Jordan though. reading from the Phillips translation. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, what, in what way is giving like sowing? Can you think of a time when you have seen this play out in someone's life? So why do you think the metaphor for sowing is so apt here? Or is it apt? Well, uh, I think that... Um, the idea is that um, you uh, don't, number one, you don't know exactly what's going to come of it, right? So you mm-hmm. sow, all right, uh, and God can do with it as he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the idea, like, oftentimes these agricultural metaphors are used because there's so much of it that's out of our control, mm-hmm. okay? Especially back then. Like, like now, you could be like, oh, I've got, like, sprinklers installed and you know, artificial irrigation systems. And it's not to say that there wasn't irrigation in the ancient Near East, but there wasn't in Israel. In fact, Israel was very dependent on rain. Mm-hmm. Like if that rain didn't come, you were up the creek without a paddle. Yeah. Not so in the big superpowers like Egypt or Mesopotamia, where you had these nice big rivers. No one's going to be irrigating mm-hmm. the Jordan River anytime soon. Mm-hmm. No offense, Jordan. Um, <laughs> but Offense taken. See, if I had my little sound effect... I do have a sound effect app on my phone. I will kill the time while you find it. I um, <laughs> I I think that what's interesting about the the question is giving like sowing, is like it's an agricultural uh, analogy for a financial like idea, right? I mean, we're talking about investing, right? Like yeah. when you give into one thing, hopefully you give to things that have a return. Mm. Is like the financial idea. Yeah. Um, and so I think the thing that Jesus is pressing on is not, hey, did you know if you give to things that are good, there's a good return? Like people know that. The thing he's questioning, he's pushing on is, hey, the world like is actually upside down from what you think. Like the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is proof here as I rise from the dead, right? That if you give generously as one who gives at, with a cheerful heart, like that God loves, you'll actually see that return, but it'll be a harvest of righteousness, not, mm. a, not a harvest of just like good investment things. Yeah. 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 Did you find your sound effect app? Yeah. So like we might say, oh my goodness, we're being visited here. We may have a special guest on the podcast. You're going to have to get into the microphone if you want to share the breaking news. I don't know if anyone can. Let me move my seltzer from there. Here. I have breaking news, Doug, for the community leaders. Okay. Whose voice do I hear? We we interrupt this podcast. I I (laughs) hope you guys were deep in uh, (laughs) rich theological discussion. It was very rich. I I had my my, uh, sound effects. And we were legitimately talking about. Yeah, investing principles. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. This is like the Dave Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the leaders, mm. uh, keep this on the down low for now, but start to prepare your heart. It's back, Jordan. Do you know what it is? What's back, Ryan? Caroling. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. This just in. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah, so we just want you as leaders to know this on December 
10th through 16th that week. We're hoping all the community groups go out into their neighborhood. Last year, we saw some amazing fruit from that. I know a lot of you guys were super tentative, and you were like... That's supposed to be applause. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Man, this is like a fine studio. A lot of you guys are super tentative. You did a great job leading and getting out there, and I know a lot of people just were were really blessed by it, and so thank you. All right, back to your regularly scheduled Theologically Rich podcast. Do we have a date on that ride? Do we know a date? It is the week of 1210 to 1216. All right. All right. All right. You heard yes. it here so, first. So be praying, be bold. All right. Thank you, Mr. Batesel. Ladies I, and gentlemen, that, yeah, that was like the worst applause thing. How about this? That was a strange noise. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I can't encourage it enough. We were, I was thinking about this not long ago. The people who had a, who were like skeptical, but then ended up going caroling had most of them had an amazing time. The people who were skeptical and never actually went caroling who didn't are, sow are, those seeds are going to stay skeptical. It's okay that we're fighting some skepticism. You guys like, Part of being countercultural in New Jersey is being joyful. <laughs> so yeah, many people don't know what cynicism. joy is. Guard yeah. against cynicism. Yeah, we, this is a cynicism, great... Cynicism, I'm saying. That's the word I'm trying to say. Yeah, on the real, if you are struggling with joy, <laughs> caroling's a great way to like discipline yourself because it really is an awesome time. Yeah, I don't think I know anybody who was like, you know what, that really wasn't worth it. Yeah. That really wasn't. Everybody was like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Last yeah, and week. I don't know if anyone around here is like, you know what, I have plenty of joy. <laughs> I don't know if I need yeah, anymore. I don't know if I need anymore. We're good with joy. <laughs> Yeah. So um, well, resuming our discussion. Yeah. What I was trying to get at was the thing that Jesus highlights by the by using sowing in analogies like this mm -hmm. is not like, oh, like I'm going to teach you guys good financial skills. What he is highlighting is, oh, I'm going to teach you that uh, the kingdom of God is counterintuitive. Right. Mm -hmm. That God's uh, God looks more at the heart and is more in control than you may you may think. Right. You may assume that the world system and the way things work is in control. But like. God's good and he's in control of things like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And so like, and, and you could also, and don't forget to take this question. If you do use it to like practical times when you've seen this play out in mm. somebody's life, um, you know, the, the, the principle of sowing and, um, <clears throat> you know, I can, I can say that like, uh, the most obvious example for me is myself. Like, um, you know, I, I could not afford Bible school and seminary. And I had some people who helped me out with it, you know, mm -hmm. who were like, I, I, I might've done nothing with, I might've done it and then been like, you know what, I'm going to go and, uh, to study computer science or something. Uh, not to say computer science is nothing, but you know, it's not, that's not why you go to Bible school, right? Doug, like, here I have the shovel you for study. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just keep do, do whatever it was, right? Like I could have got, just gone into something else or whatever, you know, like they didn't know. And yet they, um, they trusted that the Lord was doing something in my life. And mm -hmm. so, you know, they, they helped me out with that. And, you know, I'd like to think that there's, you know, some, some harvest that's come from that. Um, I think that's a great and, example of that playing out in someone's life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also, like, um, I get letters, you know, everybody gets letters for, like, missionaries mm -hmm. to support. You know, hey, I'm going on a short-term short trip. And um, uh, a bunch of people, you know, uh, will pitch in and be able to send someone on a trip. And those trips can be transformative in the lives of, of the people who go yeah. and the people who are who are there who are being ministered to. So, 
Um, those would just be some examples that I could think of. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, next question here. What are some seeds that God has given you aside from money, and what opportunities do you have to sow them? Be as specific as possible. Here's a question for those of you who are suffering from the dreaded giving fatigue right now in your in your groups. So what are some other ways to apply what's being being said here, aside from just financial giving? Yeah, because I think it's safe to say the hope of this season is, we've said it before, 100% engagement, right? And so we want to see people at in this church community grow as disciples of Jesus in their generosity and be like uh, more faithful in this area than they've been in the past. We want to see people uh, come to understand what generosity really is biblically, um, and we're doing a an expansion campaign. Like those two things are, in, in some sense, they're a little separate. Mm. Um, our hope is that people engage and grow as followers of Jesus, right? And so this, I love this question because it's like, t- I said before, time, talent, treasure, space. Um, but like, what are some of the things, what are some of the, like maybe time in your schedule, talents, that skill sets you have that can be a blessing? Um, uh, mm-hmm. treasures that aren't necessarily financial right or uh sp- i like adding space to that list because it's also like it's really cool how are you going to be a steward of like the space that you've been given to and entrusted yep. with i know i think about that as i lead a community group from my home yep you know like that means that area of my home is dedicated to a community group on those evenings you and know? yeah i mean you as leaders have very uh, that's a yep. very obvious example right that you you have something to give and the and the results might not be immediate mm-hmm. and there might be parts of it that are out of your control right because ultimately god is the one giving the growth but you know you're sowing these seeds in people's lives you're doing the the hard work of prepping every week and prepping your homes and stuff so yeah um I think that's a tremendous way to do it. I think, Doug, you're very generous with your base skills. Oh, thank you very much. That's right. I'm very <laughs> generous. This is, yeah. <laughs> do we want to explain what's behind that? I think there's there's plenty to explain. <laughs> oh, I thought you were referring to our website change we had last week. <laughs> where uh, my all-time favorite website change we've ever seen. Yeah. So some, uh, just so you know, occasionally I will. Uh, I do have privileges to edit the website so I can adjust the community resources page. And Jordan made a suggestion to change on my profile from pastor of theology to pastor of sick baselines. So sometime last, what was that, Thursday, Tuesday, maybe, maybe like Tuesday. That. Some glorious yeah, something like mid, that. If you had logged in and were just browsing the staff page for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> you would have come across a very unique title for me. Uh, yes, thank you for reminding me of that, Jordan. And your uh, bass lines are indeed sick. Oh, thank you. So are your guitar lines. Oh, I thank you. Oh, it's, it's so nice of you to say. <laughs> and hi, Ross. We like your, your keyboard playing as well very much, and especially when you bust out the sax. Okay. Um, notice that verse 7 is directed entirely at our attitude in sewing. So verse 7 <clears throat> is uh, each one must give as his he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? So there has nothing to do with how generous we're being, but really where your heart is, and the right heart is the recipe for generosity is the idea, right? Mm. Um, So why does God care about this rather than simply whether we are sowing or not? Um, And so like, you know, and so what I just said is kind of like would be uh, an easy way to answer that, but notice that that still is like, you know, if you're joyful, then you're going to give a lot. So that's why it's good. Well, no, beside, aside from that, mm-hmm. the idea is is that God wants our heart to be oriented the right way towards him 
in it. And if it's not like he doesn't need, he doesn't need us. Like yeah. I can be given, yeah. be, be, I, you know, I could be, maybe I've got like all the money that the campaign is trying to raise in the bank account and I could give all of it, but I'm not giving it cheerfully. I'm giving it just so that these guys from the stage will shut up or something like that, you know, or, or, or maybe I'm giving just because somebody else in my life, you know, uh, is going to think less of me if I don't like, uh, or, um, you know, whatever, um, no, what God wants is your heart. And I think the reason why giving is just such a good example of like where we are in terms of our discipleship is because it's so tangible. Yeah. Like it very literally is like probably the chief thing in life from which we derive security aside from God. Mm -hmm. And so like whether or not we're trusting God in our lives is very much related to to like to finances um the study note on the net for next to under compulsion says not from a sense of duty or from necessity Mm -hmm. and i love that one when we talk about the generosity of of time and talent specifically because it's like how many of us have got ourselves caught into this the almost like rat race of just constantly serving and needing and like feeling needed Mm -hmm. like getting to a place of like well i have to go do that because they need me over there or like oh it'll fall apart if i don't do that and it's like that's not the heart attitude that's yeah. like explicitly not it like we are not supposed to be I like, generous from just compulsion. To, just to underline what you just said mm-hmm. like i'll just say it again like not because i think the ministry or something is going to fall apart without me mm-hmm. um that that you know <laughs> obviously everyone appreciates the faithfulness and the caring about the ministry mm-hmm. but like ultimately you want to get past that and be able to say i, I want to be able to do that with joy uh and that's actually honestly like why Usually when I pray with community group leaders about their groups, one of my and pray for you guys, um, I pray that the Lord would enable you to continue to do this and that it would bring joy to you in yeah. doing it. Yeah. Because the last thing we want are people who are, you know, uh, doing it because so many would be disappointed if I stopped or yeah. something. But I, no, that it should actually give life to us when we serve the Lord. And I would really encourage you in a, in a moment of like introspection personally, like, how is your heart attitude when it comes to this issue? Because a lot of us, it's, it could be easy to fall into like, well, I do it because I'm needed. I mean, who else was going to do it if I don't do it? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that's a sense of duty. That's not a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we we have, especially because we have such a good hard work ethic in North Jersey, we have a like a, like when I say a sense of duty, you hear that as a positive, right? You don't hear that as like, oh, but that's not the point. Like that's not the point, right? Like the hope is that you will be giving cheerfully. Yeah. Like that's what God loves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that's what God's after. Um, in the sermon, Ryan noted that when used incorrectly, some things that promise freedom can actually bring enslavement. Um, he used Roman sexual ethics as an example. What are some things in our culture that promise freedom, but instead make us slaves? Cell phones. Oh, my goodness. Do do tell. Whatever do you mean by that? Oh, does that one need explanation? <laughs> Does that, do any of us need explanation as to why we're all addicted to, to our a phones? Bicycle for the mind, as Steve Jobs said. <laughs> the yeah. bicycle for the mind. It's also handcuffs for the mind. <laughs> it's both of those things at once, and it's hard to ride a bicycle in handcuffs, Doug. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, good. It's harder to ride it in shackles, though. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I knew a guy who got the tip of his fingers zipped off in a bicycle chain when oh, he was a kid. Yeah. Ouch! What's the phone analogy equivalent there? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so like these are things that, that, that you know, you think like our culture tells you that you'll be free if you have them, but they actually make you a slave. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, I'd say get it like uh, having really fine taste, right? Like being very, very particular, mm. right? Like that's what's all like, um, I don't know. Sometimes I watch these like cooking shows and stuff, you know, and if it's not like excellent, you're an idiot and it's, you're, it's garbage. And that's kind of like the point of the show, you know, mm. but like, you're not watching a whole lot of great British bake off, <laughs> are you? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. No, I don't watch that one really. You it? should. It's yeah. a lot more joyful. Oh, okay, good. That's good to know. A lot less shackles for the That's mind. Good to Doug. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but having yeah, and so like I and I, that's what I think. I think like um because the idea here, the way this kind of links into it, right? Like, is being generous with our time, talents, treasure. Like it, it requires a certain degree of flexibility, mm. and me not being so particular about how things have to be in my life yeah. my kids have to be involved in these sports or you know i have to have a certain level of performance at work or, or i my have, house has to look my a house certain has way. to look yeah yep. exactly yeah exactly and so um and those things you know we think like once i have that yeah everything my life will be so feng shui and and, and i'll accomplish all my goals when really what it's doing is it's like these things can become idols and they can prevent us from um, uh, actually living the lives that God wants us to live or has set out for us to live. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead. Now, you only had two verses there. Why don't we? Why don't you go ahead and read another four? Why don't you I, I read will. I'm going to read this one in the NET. 8 through 11. Oh, man, switching I'm, stuff up. I'm coming up. back to switch stuff Once up. Once again, NET, the what Bible would, version with probably the best footnotes. Amazing. What What would I be if I am back on the podcast and don't give us some NET to read? Uh, I mean, I would have left disappointed. <laughs> and God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything— in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. Just as it is written, he has scattered widely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for food, will provide and multiply your supply of seed and will cause the harvest of your righteousness to grow. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion which is producing through us thanksgiving to God. All right, very nice. Do you ever think about uh, doing an audio Bible, Jordan? If someone wanted to pay me to do it, I would do it. How much, I think that that's what, like 72 hours or something like that? I could put that time in. All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll pay you in IOUs. How about that? <laughs> pay me in Those are as lunches. good as cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've actually paid someone in Indian food before for doing work. I, I believe mean, it. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you may have heard, we were talking about page turning before. You may have heard the really good kind of page turning going on. That is Bible page turning, because here um, I want to call your attention to verse 9. Okay, so verse 9 is the, the, the text that Paul cites in support of his point, right? Uh, he says, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, if I'm just reading that, that, that sounds like he's talking about God, right? And uh, that's part of the point, spoiler alert. But it's if you go to Psalm 112, verse 9, uh, and you actually look who he's talking about, he's not talking, the he in this verse is not God. Okay, so the, 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 the psalm begins, praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, 
And then it says a bunch of stuff about the man who fears the Lord. And it's like mm-hmm. what his life looks like. And that's what this psalm is about. Okay. And so like, you know, it is well with the man who deals generously and lends. Uh, the righteous will never be moved. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Very James sounding there. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed, right? So he, the one who fears the Lord, has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. Okay. Now, the interesting thing, the kind of the cool thing is like, Right. So I began, I introduced that quotation by saying like, it sounds like it's talking about God, like God would be the, because if you were like, who's, who, who distributes freely and whose righteousness endures forever, Mm -hmm. especially his righteousness endures forever, which is like a a refrain in a lot of Psalms, Mm -hmm. that is God. But here it's talking about the man who fears the Lord. And so I think what it's doing, at least in this verse, is it's, showing how much he is an imitator of God, how his life mm. makes him, so to speak, look like God, right? Like that, <clears throat> that you can partake in, um, in, 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 in godly attributes mm-hmm. by living a certain way, by, by, by modeling your life after, after this Psalm. Now, um, so the the question here is why do you think Paul cites this psalm and how does it contribute to his overall um, argument? Um, mm. So, th- and I think the idea is that here is the psalm about about what a what a righteous person looks like, what a person who fears God looks like, right? And a lot of what it has to do is whether or not your hand is open to the needy. Whether you're whether or not you are generous with what God has given you, I mean, um, uh, you know, a lot of this, uh, especially what I read before, like in verses five, and um, uh, is is, and then here again in verse nine, right, that you distribute freely, you give to the poor, mm-hmm. and that is what makes someone righteous to the point where we could say his righteousness endures forever. It is something that uh, God, you are contributing. Um, in a way that endures into eternity, which is that's an image of God theme right there, mm-hmm. because the hope of humanity is that they will be fruitful and multiply, aka they will uh, create and cultivate this good world that God's given and packed mm-hmm. with potential and life. Um, we we are to be stewards and facilitators of that life and potential. And so, like, how do you really do that? Well, the person over there who's making lots of money, they look like they're doing it, but truly, the person who's generous is the one who's building uh, something true and lasting. Because he's multiplying it in the lives of others, well, and yeah, and he's ma- and he's and he's doing gospel work. Yeah, so that, that, that person's it's impacting lasts people's forever. eternity. Yeah. I, I think that Paul probably remembered this psalm while he was writing this passage. And he puts it in there specifically because he was talking about the cheerful, the cheerful heart that God loves. Because mm-hmm. there's this uh, at the very beginning of Psalm 112, it says, "How blessed is the one who obeys Yahweh, who takes great delight in keeping His commands." Mm-hmm. There's that cheerful yeah. giver yep. idea, the and it's delight. like that's the that we're creating um, an image here of that person, um, the one who is giving cheerfully, the one who scatters generously. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is the one whose integrity endures forever. Yeah. You know? That's um, I don't know if you ever you ever impacted by like the title of a book and you like you know sometimes you're like what's this book about, 
right? Like like one that one book title that always uh, like in terms of Bible inter- interpretation has meant a lot to me is right doctrine from wrong texts. Huh. Uh, but one title that reminds me here mm. that that really sticks out to me is a book that John Piper wrote a couple years back called The Dangerous Duty of Delight. Mm. Right, and like every word in that it means something <laughs> significant, right? And but thinking of like you were talking before about doing it out of duty versus doing out of it delight, which mm-hmm. is very, very true. Mm-hmm. And the way to think of it is like that it it is the Christian should think of it as his or her duty to delight in God. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that delight is what orients our hearts in the right way. Like, does God actually bring you joy? Does does the Lord bring you bring you delight? Um, uh and that that ultimately is most glorifying to God, because when we enjoy when we truly delight in Him, we are with our hearts showing that He is more valuable than any than what I give up in order to pursue Him. Yeah, I I really appreciate that you highlight that this reference to Psalm one twelve is not talking about God. He's still talking. He's still painting this picture of the righteous, generous, cheerful giver, um, whom we're called to be, and whom Jesus was the perfect. Example mm-hmm. of yeah, um, I, because verse ten immediately following, he actually says like, "Now God, who provides seed and for the sower and bread for food, will provide and multiply your supply of seed and cause the harvest of your righteousness to grow." He's like, "Well, God's involved here too. Mm-hmm. He's the one at the beginning. He's the one who provides seed. Yeah. Oh, and he's the one in the middle. He's the one who turns that seed into food. Oh, and he's you know like and he's also the one that you're giving the harvest to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's shot um, through. The whole process of giving is." Uh, shot through with God from beginning to end. Yeah, and so I feel like that's a good transition to the next question here, which was Ryan identified five things in this passage that characterize the harvest of righteousness that comes as a result of generosity. And those five things were, as a reminder, uh, contentment, abounding in good works rather than abounding in stuff, <laughs> increased generosity, being enriched in every way, uh, creating thankful worshipers who testify to God's faithfulness. Yeah. Now, which of these stands out to you, Doug, as something you would like to experience more of in your life and why? I would definitely like to experience more contentment. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely do struggle with like feeling like, uh, like, like often not feeling satisfied with how I do, how I did in a day, how I mm-hmm. spent my day. Um, you know, this was, uh, oh man, this, uh, I'm so very often criti- ill content about my time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So often, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, ill content about my time is a good is a good. Ex- uh, yeah. yeah, ill content about um, what you know what my lifestyle is like. Mm-hmm. Even like I, you know, like that. I, I wish that like things were different and up to different standards and mm-hmm. things like that. And just being honest here, you know, and I I really struggle with that. And so. Um, I would be because I know that I know that content and the reason really why I would like to be experience more contentment in my life is because I know that that's linked to really my trust in God and that that he's Mm -hmm. given me his best that I have exactly what he wants me to have. And it's hard when you're talking about like contentment with like your own achievement especially for things of god because you don't want to make it as if like it's it's wrong to have goals or it's wrong to want to do better Mm -hmm. right but um but really like being overly critical for my of myself for what i perceive as failures even like a zillion little failures in a day right like also shows like a real 
lack of trust in God's grace that like yeah. I'm not I'm not welcome into his family because of what I can do. Yeah. I'm welcome into his family because of what Christ has done for me. And there is a resting in that and then my hard work for him should flow from that. Yeah, Hannah uh my wife and I Hannah we're talking about very recently about this exact issue and it was funny that it came up in the sermon. Um we uh talk a lot about like what we have and how blessed we are and how grateful we are for this, this, that, and the other thing. And yet we still are looking down the road thinking, what should we do with this? How should we steward this? Well, God, what would you have us do with these things? And could, is it, 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 could that be on the horizon for us? And is that a possibility? And like, we're, we're having those conversations all the time. And it was a really good, like shot in the arm reminder this week to sit in that and go, okay, well, it's one thing to be, um, to be excited about what's possible and mm. to be diligent and hardworking toward that end. And it's another thing to be ill content with what you have Yes, and to yeah. do, and to do those things. I mean, those like, um, what's the word? Like I keep using the word diligence. It's not exactly the word I'm looking for, but like working hard for a good reason to get something is a good thing. It becomes a bad thing when you're doing it to avoid the discontent that you're living in mm. when you're like doing you it like i need to fight my way out of that thing like yeah. that that's no longer a good thing yeah it is a good thing when you're content mm. because then it's like you're honoring god with your work you're happy with what he's given you mm. you're utilizing the gifts he's given you you're putting seed in the ground and watching harvest come up like that's awesome this whole thing's about putting seed in the ground mm. it's not saying hey be so happy that you have seed in your pockets that you don't need to throw that seed so are you saying that like you know it can turn into I'm just doing it so I don't have to feel discontent. Well, I'm, I'm doing it to claw my way away from discontent, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. I think of people in Northern New Jersey looking to purchase homes when they have a home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's oh, like, okay. like it's okay. Like seriously, like you, you may have a space where this it's, it's okay for your family and it's enough, but you're not happy with it. You may have a space where it doesn't feel like it's enough for your family. Mm -hmm. You may not have something and you're trying to get something like those are tough conversations. Like Northern New Jersey doesn't make this easy. I'm sure it's nowhere. It's not easy anywhere, but like these are conversations people have all the time. And it really, it makes me think like, what is my motivation for my hard work here? Mm. It's a really good like discipleship question I've found in this area yeah. about contentment. Um, I loved, I so appreciated that Ryan called out the multi-billion dollar industry and advertising training us all to be ill content. It's just like, hey, yeah. take a breath. Is, is it's not a hundred percent your fault that you feel so discontent all the time. You're actually in a it's swimming in water designed to make you feel that yeah, way. Yeah, that's how our, our minds are programmed to feel on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's the man. The man's <laughs> trying to do that to you. Um I'd say also for me, like another thing that like um uh, that that I'd really like to experience more for is creating thankful worshipers who testify to God's faithfulness. Yeah. Um and uh and that's really kind of like the next uh, thing that we uh, that we talk about in the, the whole third section of the study guide here is is about that. Um, but you know, uh, really, um, I don't know because the idea is that like that through what I do, other people will be transformed into a genuine relationship with God. That just like blows my mind that that someone can really be changed. Uh, from their heart and and uh, and and be genuinely thankful to the Lord, like through something that I did, like it still blows my mind that God that God can take you know the seeds 
that we sow and do that in other people's lives. God can also take the absolute smallest thing too and and utilize that powerfully. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about like where do you see fruit, um, this is a long term thing. It's not an, it's not immediate by any stretch of the imagination. But I have uh, been around long enough at this point to experience a lot of fruit in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Like you see, yeah. like it, you put hard work in, which takes when you time. Serve. Yeah, you, see, yeah, you put hard work in, and then it takes a lot of patience. But man, people are truly like impacted and affected by the love of Christ that you show them. Um, and often they don't even realize it until long after the fact. Like um, when people grow up and start to realize like, whoa, I was cared for. <laughs> like yeah. that something starts to click and be like, oh, why would someone care for me? And it's like, oh, shoot. Like mm-hmm. there was something different about that person. Yeah. You know? I try to make it a point to go up to people who served when I was a kid and like thank them. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, because yeah, you often don't realize it until in hindsight. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's do the last section here. Read Second Corinthians nine twelve through fifteen. So I'm going to go ahead and read that for you. So, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. The they in this passage are the people who are ultimately going to receive this gift. Mm. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. So these verses amplify the final point listed above. Generosity and sowing causes others to be thankful, and this brings glory to God. So read through these verses and identify all the different responses that Paul expects other churches to have in response to the Corinthians' faithfulness in sowing. Okay, so you go back through here, right? So notice, so of course their needs are supplied in verse 12, Mm -hmm. okay? And... But then it overflows into them giving thanks, right? And so it's almost like Paul Paul like loves the idea of people giving thanks to God, mm-hmm. right? And here's a great way to cause them to that they're going to you're going to give to them, and they might say thank you or they might not, but they are definitely going to be saying thank you to God. And I want you mm-hmm. know I want to be a part. I want to be the the impetus for that to happen. Uh, by their approval of this service, they will, there it is again, glorify God. So now he said it twice. Uh, be, and and not only for the gift, right, but because of your submission that comes from the confession of the gospel of Jesus. So I'm thankful to God for supplying my needs through these people's generosity. And I'm thankful to God for what he did in the lives of the people who gave to me that that their lives would be so transformed. So thank you, Lord, for making disciples who have hearts to do this, right? I, I'm just thankful, not just for the gift, but for what's because I but but for what's in the heart of the givers as they give, mm-hmm. because I know that that's your work also, God, um, and your generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, and then also a longing for you. So it also draws people closer together, right? Like mm-hmm. if somebody is generous to you you're going to have increased affection for them and an increased longing for them. Yeah. Um, not hopefully not because, <laughs> Hey, uh, maybe you got uh, some more change to spare, but hopefully like 
because like there's genuine affection that's been created there. There's there's um, there's one more yeah. thing yeah, that stands it. out to me as a response that's produced by this, and I'm actually um, it's highlighted to me when you read this in the message. I'm just gonna read this little passage. I think this is really another cool. one of his fancy translations. Oh here. yeah, yep. <laughs> um, so you show your gratitude through your generous offerings to your needy brothers and sisters, and really toward everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives, they'll respond by praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, his gift. No language can praise it enough. I think that is spoken so well. It's just like when people see the acts that you perform Mm. with a cheerful heart out of the abundance of what God's done in your life, they will respond by turning to God. They'll turn to God in passionate intercession and prayer. They'll turn to God in longing for, for, for unity and fellowship with you. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. And notice that they're praying for you now too. So like you've, you've uh, made a big enough impact in their life that now they want to, that they're going to pray for you. And so think of the way in which this uh, it motivates unity. There's a, re- right? there's a reason why he calls this gift at several points in his letters, a koinonia, mm. a fellowship offering we might say but it literally like a fellowship yeah because it establishes the keep in mind too like how reci- how reciprocity characterized this culture i don't know if you've ever been in like a cult like a now if you've ever if you've ever interacted with someone from a culture where reciprocity mm. was like a huge thing mm. we used to have um, when i was in seminary upstairs from us in the married student housing there was a korean couple and I forget what it was for, but we gave them like a candle or something like that. And then next week, like it, we got to get we got a gift back from them. And then like something else happened. I think they have a baby or something and we gave them a little gift for the baby. And then next week there was a gift from them <laughs> because like they see that like mutual giving as like a huge part of the relationship. And so here, like even though the people of Jerusalem might not be able to say, oh, thanks for the for the offering. Now we're going to take an offering of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like now there's um, a back and forth in the relationship that's established. That, and that's a beautiful thing. Doug, that is ridiculously insightful with regard to this culture that like that we're reading about in, in mm-hmm. all these passages being a reciprocity culture because yeah. like when Paul talks about how we receive grace uh, just freely as a gift and there's no compulsion and there's no um, we didn't do anything to earn it and we didn't do anything that we might be given it mm-hmm. he does not assume there's nothing we have to do now that we've been given right, that grace right. he does in fact assume that because we've been given such a radical gift we must respond because now a relationship has been Correct. established yeah. by that act of gener- God's generosity because we don't live in a rec- reciprocity culture we live in an individual social like yeah. um, very socially self-indulgent culture uh, we don't really get that so we go we oh read, free gift yeah cool. we read grace I'm driving I, I away from the drive through yep, with exactly. my food. Yep. It's not like, oh, I have to I have to go pay this back yep. because I've been given such a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah. It's not the way we think. Yeah, that's very helpful. That's and that that really does help even with the understanding a little bit more about the relationship between grace and works and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I actually I think it does it goes a long way to helping shed some light on the way Paul talks about receiving God's grace freely. Mm-hmm. Don't receive keep the that grace in mind. of God in vain. Yeah. And yep. Things like that. Yeah. Uh what do you think is the inexpressible gift to which Paul refers in verse 15. I think like, I, I think it's ambiguous in the text. I don't know if we can say like Mm. it is this or not. Like I could see it being this being a, uh, you know, a um, kind of 
climactic um, expression where he just wants to thank God for the gift of his son, the gift of the gospel. I could also see this very much of being an inexpressible gift of Abel to be in Christian fellowship and to love other people in the name of Jesus like mm-hmm. this. Well, it could be the gift of their respond, their responding with deep affection. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the gift of the overflowing grace, which they are responding to. Um, yeah. <laughs> it uh, could be the gift of just the, the reality of this uh, uh, portrait of this cheerful, generous, righteous giver who has integrity that endures. Like, how beautiful a gift that God's given us a, a life to live like that. Like there's, there's so much here about, about this. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it's great how, um, how many things it could be <laughs> as you read that, because it really makes you think like it forces you to sit down and wrestle with it a little bit. Like, wait, what gift, you know, it's like a really good, like if you're doing a high school Bible study and you read through this, you, you stop and go like, so what's the gift? That's a really good question because you'll get people probably disagreeing with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't specify. So this is one of those places where there's not necessarily a wrong answer. And, you know, it's it, it's uh, there's probably a lot of right answers for, for this. Mm. Um, yeah. All right, and then in finishing up in prayer time, praise God for the seeds he has given you to sow. So remember to thank him and thank you thank him for the opportunity to, to sow them that, that they're not just thanks for what you've given me but thanks for what you've given me that you and for the expectation that you place upon me for uh, using them to in a way that sow it faithfully yeah to produce life in this generous in this like generously packed world that you've given us yep yeah and pray that the Lord would show you how he wants you to sow those seeds that he would give you the strength and the joy to do that mm-hmm. so so for the direction and for the chutzpah that it would take to do it yeah and do it. as as you guys pray for that it's a worthwhile reminder that um this upcoming week is what we're calling commitment weekend right we've talked about it on all of our different services um and at advanced commitment night and vision night we've laid all those things out but this is a week where as we've been praying and as we've been thinking through this and being intentional to meditate on god what would you have us do um this week is a week we're all going to answer that together and so um, just keep that in mind in your prayer as well yeah and then finally, just want to rem- uh, remind everybody globally some of these big things that are going on in Ukraine and Israel. Please remember to pray for that. And, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, <laughs> I've been here. I've been getting some um, some feedback about, like, uh, the some of the Israel stuff going on right now and, like, trying to figure out, like, how to process that in light of, like, biblical prophecy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put out there, if you feel that that if that is, you know, becoming a discussion matter, in your group and you want to know a little bit more about maybe how um, how to think about that, always feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to hop on the phone and have a conversation uh, about that with you. Uh, but right now I'm happy to have a conversation about a seltzer. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go get that seltzer and I'm going to be right back. How's that sound, Jordan? Sounds bubbly. Nice. All right. Uh, I am back and you can hear Jordan... Jordan, do you play drums also? Do you ever get into drums? I play the drums. I'm not a drummer. That was very percussive. Actually, I've got the bass finger. All right. So, uh, yes, today <laughs> we are going to be doing the third and final offering from Walt Windish, the stash that he gave us of the children's polar seltzers, the seltzer juniors. Wow. So this week, um, coinciding with the end of October, a certain holiday that some of you celebrate some of you maybe don't but at any rate this is werewolf howls that we're gonna read the words on this please do in a a grape escape into the sparkling unknown a grape escape 
impossibly good Polar Seltzer Jr. Werewolf Howls. Mm, very nice. Yes. And like all the other Polar Seltzer Juniors, really give a lot of kudos for the can design. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. It is. I would wear that as a shirt. I'd probably wear the Unicorn Kisses one as a shirt, too. I think Curtis would as well. Yeah, Curtis would. All right, so let's get a nose on this. Smells like a grape soda. Grape soda or um, maybe grape Dimetap. I don't know what that is. Like uh, like cough medicine. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's got that it's got that grape. See, I, I, and it's the, kind of like, what are you going to get into when you sip it? If is I'm it honest, be... when, I, when I say grape soda, yeah. I, that's not a compliment. Oh, okay, okay. You're not into the whole grape soda. I don't I kind remember of the last time I had grape sodas. taste like a grape cough syrup i thought you were gonna say i thought that all grape sodas taste like a grape and i was like wow that's insightful you know grape doesn't really have flavor grape doesn't really taste like grape concord grape tastes like the artificial grape grape flavor yeah but we don't really eat concord grapes yeah i don't really eat concord well we should sip this let's see how's it that's very grapey yep little syrupy yeah i will say it does make me feel like a child the aftertaste <laughs> is very unpleasant. Uh, it's good up until about three seconds after you sip it. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm never the right person to do seltzer reviews, Doug, because I, I have very particular flavor standards about what I like and dislike. And I just really don't like grapes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Like this is like um, if somebody had a plain seltzer and poured grape Dimetap in it. I'm going to keep going with this Dimetap thing. It's still a word I've never heard familiar. of. Yeah. You never got Dimetap as a kid? I've never heard of Dimetap. Yeah. It's a, Is it a kind of Yeah, it's like a, it's like a cough, cough, syrup. cough syrup that you give to kids. Yeah. Uh, that's what it would taste like. Yeah. So if that sounds appealing to you, then go for it. So I forget what the one we did. We, did, we didn't do one last week. Last week we ran out of time on the podcast, mm. as we were doing right now. I, but um, Two weeks ago? Yeah. But two weeks ago, I can't remember what it was, but that one was decent. So I I think that this tastes nostalgic for when I was a child because it tastes like a grape soda, and I haven't had a grape soda. But to be fair, yeah, um, that's probably an incredible compliment to a zero sweetener seltzer that it tastes like a grape soda. Like, yeah, if I'm craving a grape soda, this would I mean this is it. This yeah. is a great soda replacement here. A grape soda replacement, <laughs> or a grape soda like that. All right. I stole that pun from the can. Mm. Yes. True, right. grape escape. So um, it's nice and cold, I'll tell you that much. So my kids, would, my kids would probably like this, but yeah, it's got that yeah, it's got that artificial grape flavor that I just can't really get into. I can't think of anything I really like that with. And a grape soda, grape soda from what I remember is obscenely sweet Yeah. also. And so, so I probably would like this better than a grape soda. This, yeah. I find it funny how much they appreciate all the things they advertise that they're not. It's like we're we don't have sugar, we don't have gluten, we don't have juice. Like, yeah. Isn't juice a good thing? I'm glad that there's no gluten in this seltzer. Yeah, and they advertise that they are no, kosher, uh, uh, better and they than are all those vegan. wheat seltzers that you get. Yeah, so no uh, animals have been harmed in the making of this grape. They're putting it all out there. Did they really say no? No, <laughs> okay, says, no, but say. it says vegan. Like this isn't real werewolf blood. <laughs> no werewolves were harmed in the making of this werewolf. They should have put that on the can. All right. So how many bubbles? One out of five. How many bubbles are you giving this? I'm sorry, but I'm going to give it a one. You're going to give it a one. All right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to give it a one point five if we're allowed to do point fives. I don't. Uh, feel, you've let me do fives in the past. I don't feel bad because Dave Portnoy with his pizza reviews is doing like 7.2 like 
I mean, we've been doing a lot of reviews now, Doug. Granular. We, we, we got to be willing to get more granular if we're going to mm. add more seltzers to the reviews. Yes, yeah, so this is a 1.5 for me. My mm. kids might like it. Is anyone Has anyone ever um, listened through every episode and given us a breakdown of what seltzers have what reviews? Because that feels no, like a but perfect if one Enrique of you Carlos wants job. To make, yeah, <laughs> Enrique, yes, that's a good idea. Yeah, He'll have it b- b- done by like Before this Before we evening. finish publishing this but podcast. But no, if I had a spreadsheet of what I, – I'm going to have to do it soon. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought I was going to have an intern this summer, and that was literally going to be one th- something that I gave her to do. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. We are halfway through this season. And uh, from what I understand, everybody's doing a great job. So thank you so much for serving, making disciples that make disciples. Uh, remember to stay tuned after the music here for uh, to hear the outtake of our sound check where I have the hiccups. That might be a laughable time for you. But uh, yeah, until next week, you take care and we'll see you around. Bye-bye. All right, testing, one, two, three. Trying not to hiccup into the microphone. Testing. <gasps> Uh-oh. How are you failing, man? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be so funny. <laughs> All right, welcome to this week's. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Testing one, two, three. Testing. I'm way too loud. Here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Testing one, two, three. Testing. Here, let me. <laughs> Your <laughs> sounds like a small mouse. <laughs> Okay, testing one, two, three. Please save this testing audio. (laughs) Here I will.